Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. You know, one of the things that just kind of set the stage for this year, uh, one of the things that you hear me say a lot is that our lives need to be focused on the fact that we need to give God glory with our lives. Bottom line, we need to give glory to God. And so that begs the question, just how do you do that? I mean, if I tell you to do that, I ought to tell you how you do it. And the scripture does tell us that, tells us exactly how we give glory to God. Um, so in preparation for that, and something that's always good to do at the beginning of a year is to just do some, just do some evaluation, you know, say, this is where I'm at, but this is where I want to be. This is where I am. Here's where I need to get to. Um, so if you're going to do that kind of evaluation, let me just give you three quick ideas. Number one, begin by being honest with yourself. Just be absolutely honest. If you're not honest with yourself about where you are, you have no chance of getting to where you want to be, right? So just be honest. Hey, it's okay. And, uh, and if you need help with that, talk to a trusted friend and, uh, you know, just write out some things about your life that you'd like to change. And, uh, and, and, and this is not, this is not the time to just beat yourself up because we all could focus on that. I mean, every one of us have made mistakes. Every one of us have not done things that we should do, but just be honest with where you are. And, uh, and so be authentic. And when you're authentic and you're honest, then you can kind of get on the track you need to get on. Uh, number two, shift your disposition to an attitude of gratitude. I mean, even when you're honest about your mistakes and stuff, uh, be thankful for how many times God showed up, how many times God has protected you, how many times God has watched over you. And, uh, and, and when your reflection is more of a gratitude, well, then it changes how you look at things. So um, it's so easy to focus on the stuff that happened to you that you don't like. Well, you, you don't really have control with what happens to you. You only have control of what you do with it. You have control of what you choose to do. And, and so be a person of gratitude that God has gotten you through this year and, uh, and that God will guide you through this coming year. And, and then lastly, you, you just have to take action. You got to do something. Uh, the bottom line is if you want to change, you have to take some action. And, and so how, how do you want to live differently? Uh, how do you want to live better? Um, what choices are you going to make? And so as we begin to take some action, let me give you some ideas what ought to be on that action list. And it's all based on, I want to give God glory because bottom line, that is what it's all about. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 12. He says, now the time has come for the son of man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. 
but its death will bring many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So basically, Jesus is saying, you know, I, if I just live my life and that's it, it's just my life. But if I die, then from that, many lives are going to come from that. In fact, eternal life is going to come from that. So for Jesus, he had to die to himself. He had to go to the cross. And from his death came all these lives, and you're one of them. So for him, it was just millions and millions and millions of lives that have new life because of his death. Now, the same thing is true for us. Jesus said, you got to die to yourself every day. So when you choose to die to your selfishness, when you choose to die to your self-focus, your self-centeredness, when you choose to die to your agenda, then you can live for God's agenda. And, and when I die to myself, according to this principle, then God's able to do much, much more through me because I chose to die to myself. But as long as I'm living for me, God takes his hands off. It's kind of like, okay, you think you've got this, you think you're in charge, you think you know what you're doing, have at it. And then it's only about me. So this first principle, if I'm going to truly bring God glory, I've got to understand what it, what it means to die to myself. Uh, Jesus said in verse 25, those who love their life in this world will lose it. In other words, if you think it's all about gaining and controlling and having and possessing in this life, he says, you've already lost. You've missed the whole point. He said, those who care nothing for their life, now he's not saying you don't take care of yourself, but rather he is saying, for those of you who decide you don't care what God does with you, you just want God to use you. For those of you who decide it's all about what God wants, not what I want, he says, when you decide that, then you will keep it for eternity. In other words, everything that you do will be for eternity. It will last forever. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So if I want to bring glory to God, I serve Jesus. And the way I serve Jesus is I die to myself so I can make it all about him. So where are you in that process? Do a honest evaluation of that. So this principle applies to all of us. And, and Jesus went on to say in verse 27, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour, talking about dying on a cross, he said, no, but this is the very reason I came. Jesus was being honest. He's like, I don't want to go through a horrible death like a crucifixion. 
I don't want to be separated from the Father when I become sin and, the, and God the Father has to turn his back on me, which he did. I don't want to go through that. But if I do, that's the very reason I came. The very purpose of me being here was for this, dying so that we wouldn't have to. Dying for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. And so here's what he says. He says, Father, bring glory to your name. So that was a second thing for you and me. Where we say to God, Father, bring glory to your name through my life. Now, don't you think that that's a prayer God will answer? Absolutely. If I honestly, sincerely say, God, bring glory to your name through my life, God's going to show me how to do that. He's going to show me what that looks like. And then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name. I will do so again. You see, that's, that's a cool statement there. Um, when you ask God to bring glory to his name through your life, God's reply is, you know what? I've already done that. And let me tell you how I've done that. One, I saved you. Two, I, I took up residence in your life. Three, I gave you a spiritual gift to use Four, I've given you meaning and purpose in life. So I've already brought glory to my name through you. The fact that my son lives in you brings glory to my name. But I'm going to answer your prayer and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Not that you're going to be saved again. You only get, you only are saved once. But he will bring glory again to his name through your life. If you ask him. Glory came to God's name when you pray to receive Christ. Why is that? Because that's why he sent his son, Jesus. So when you pray to receive Christ, you've accepted God's purpose and plan for you through Christ. You accepted God's purpose and plan for Jesus to come and die for your sin that brings glory to God. <clears throat> so you've already brought glory to God just by praying to receive Christ. Now you can say to him, God, bring glory to your name through my life. And he says, I already have, but I'm going to do it some more. And I'm going to do it through my Holy Spirit living in you. So here I am. I, um, I say to Jesus, it's not about me, it's about you. I say to the Father, bring glory to your life, to your name through me. And he says, I've already done it, but I'm going to do it some more. And this is the principle that Jesus lived by, therefore we live by that. If we want to be like Jesus, then we do this. In verse 29 it says, when the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to them. Then Jesus told them, this voice was for your benefit, not mine, because he already knew all that. 
He says, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. So that's going to happen. And, and here's another key principle. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. And then the Bible says, he said this to indicate how he was going to die. He was going to be lifted up on a cross and he would die on that cross and he said, when that happens, I will draw people to myself. Well, how's that happen? Because when I die for your sins, then you can come and have a relationship with holy God through me. Now here's the principle. Every time you lift up Jesus in your life, Jesus will draw people to himself. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do to bring glory to God, that you can do to bring glory to God, is just tell your story. Tell your story about Jesus and make it about Jesus, not you. Tell your story about what Jesus has done for you. And every time you do that, you're lifting up Jesus. And not everybody, but some will respond. Some will walk away. I mean, people walked away from Jesus, right? So it's, it's going to happen. Some people will walk away from you when you lift up Jesus. But Jesus says, I'll draw people to me when I'm lifted up. So when you tell people your story about Jesus, Jesus is the one that will draw them. You can't save anybody, but he certainly can. So I begin by saying, Father, it's not about me. It's about you. Bring glory to your name through my life. And yes, when you say, I die to myself, Jesus, so that you can live through me. And it's when you say, let me tell you about Jesus and what he's done for me. See, that's every, each of those simple steps is how you bring glory to God. So that, this is what we do. And, um, and then he says in verse John, I mean, John chapter 17, beginning at verse one, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven. He said, father, the hour has come glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Underline that one. That's important. This is a phrase for you to remember everything that God gives me, I get to give it back to him. So this is a principle. Jesus said, glorify me so I can give that glory back to you. In fact, let me drop down to verse four. He says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. That verse is real important. It lets you know Jesus has always lived. There's some religions who say Jesus was created by God the Father. No, Jesus was always here. And they had a glory together, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, before there was anything else. And then they chose to create us. And 
God created us to bring glory to his name. And one of the ways you can bring glory to God's name is by completing the purpose he had when he created you. You see, before you were born, in fact, before anybody was born, God already had your name and he already had a plan and a purpose for you, a reason for you. And when you say to God, God, tell me what my purpose is. He loves to answer prayers like that. Why wouldn't he? So one of the ways I glorify God, I tell him it's all about you, it's not about me. I tell him I want to, I want to die to myself so that I can live for Jesus. And another way we can do it is I want to lift you up so people will be drawn to you. And then I want to bring glory to you by completing the reason you put me here. So tell me what that reason is. I'd been a Christian a long time before I even asked God that question. I didn't know to ask. And now you don't have an excuse. You've been told to ask. I mean, if you, if you want to glorify God by fulfilling his purpose and plan for your life, you got to ask him what it is, right? So ask him, and why would he not tell you? Of course he would tell you. He'd love to tell you. And so just ask him, what's my purpose? Now, it might be a journey in answering that question, or he might tell you in an instant. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Do God's will for your life. Ask him. Now, I want to take a little side trip here. In Corinth, they were dealing with some things. And um, in chapter 10, verse 31, Paul said in his letter to them, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, even if it's something as simple as eating and drinking, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Even something as simple as eating and drinking, you do it for the glory of God. So everything about my life is about God's glory. Paul's affirming that. Now, Paul was dealing with a specific thing, and he, he's touching it in this area of Christian liberty. You see, when we became Christians, we were, I mean, when Jesus died for us, he set us free from the Old Testament law. And, and so there's no more legalism. That just does not exist in, in Jesus's economy. And, and we have been set free, free to choose not to sin. Before, we didn't have a choice. You were going to sin. You had no choice about it. But when you became a Christian, you were set free from that. So I have the freedom to choose not to sin. I can still sin, but I have a choice about it. And then Jesus was, I mean, Paul was dealing with a specific issue they had in Corinth um, about this freedom in Christ. You see, there were a lot of temples there to pagan gods, a whole bunch. And people would bring their sacrifices to their local temple 
to their God. I mean, there were hundreds of them. And so they would go and they would uh, worship their God. They would bring their sacrifices. And here was the deal. They would always bring the best of their cattle or their sheep or whatever the sacrifice was. They brought their best. And then the various priests of these pagan temples, they would take the sacrifice and then in order to support the temple, they would take the sacrifice and go and sell it in the market. And they would get a high price because it was the best of the meat. And everybody knew that if you wanted the best meat in the market, you went where the sacrifices were taken that had been made to the pagan gods, that you would get the best cut of meat. And so there was a battle that kind of happened among these Christians. Some Christians said, hey, I, I can't eat that meat. It was sacrificed to a pagan god. And other Christians said, I didn't sacrifice it to that god. I'm just buying meat from the market. And basically Paul was saying, hey, it's, it's not a big deal. You can... Uh, you can eat that meat without feeling guilty. And, uh, but your behavior should be that that glorifies God. So basically that means you care about your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, practically, here's what that was meaning. He said, so if you invite some friends over for dinner and you know they have a personal problem with eating meat that's been sacrificed to an idol, guess what? You choose not to serve that kind of meat because you don't want to dishonor your friends. You, you don't want to be a stumbling block to them. That makes sense? Of course. Of course you wouldn't do that. Why, why would you intentionally do something to flaunt it to them like, I've got the freedom to do this. And you make them feel bad. Today, in today's world, uh, and, and in fact, in the Christian church, let's talk about alcohol. Nowhere in scripture does it say you cannot drink alcohol. It doesn't say it. It does say don't get drunk. It also says don't be a stumbling block. So I think you got a personal freedom in that and you get to choose. You don't have the freedom about whether you can get drunk or not. The Bible's pretty clear about that. But I choose not to drink alcohol because of my position. I mean, if somebody in the church knew that their pastor drank and they said, oh, our pastor drinks, so it must be okay. And, uh, and they choose to drink, but they can't handle it and they become an alcoholic. I feel responsible for that. I set a, an example that they couldn't handle. Do I have the freedom to drink? Yeah. But I choose not to. Because I, I want to value my brothers and sisters who couldn't handle it. And they would struggle because I care about them more than I care about my freedom. So what does that mean practically? You invite friends over and you choose to drink wine and it's no big deal. But you know that your friends that you invited over struggle with that. And you know they've been an alcohol issue or maybe they just made a choice that they're not going to do it. Well, you defer to your friends. 
You don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. You don't flaunt it in front of them. So you choose to temporarily give up your freedom for the sake of a friend. That's loving somebody, right? It's not being legalistic. It's just saying, you know what? You're, in more, you're more important to me than my freedoms. And I value you more than that. So does that make sense? We good with that? All right, I'm still not gonna drink. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just choose not to. My mom did something that probably, it was smart. She did such a smart thing. When I was a little kid, uh, I came running into the house, it was in the middle of summer, and there I found a beer can that had not been opened out in the middle of the road. And it was hot, and I said, Mom, what is this? She said, well, that's something called beer. I said, really? I said, what does it taste like? She said, well, would you like to smell it? I said, yeah. And because she knew it was going to smell horrible because it was so hot and been in that baking sun. She opened it up and I smelled it and I thought I was going to die. I said, that's the worst smelling stuff I've ever seen in my life. You know what? Every time I'm even around a thing of beer, that smell comes back into my brain. And I've, I've never, ever have tasted beer because of that, that incident. Do I have the freedom to do that? Sure, I've got the freedom to do it, but that smell is too powerful. I mean, it just did something to me. <laughs> but you've got freedoms. But you choose to value your friends over your personal freedoms so that you're not a stumbling block to anyone. So I bring glory to God when I value other people. That brings glory to God when I value my Christian friends. In 1 Peter, God has given each of you a gift, at least once, one. Every, every Christian has at least one spiritual gift and no believer has all of them. Not, it's never happened, never will. That's because we need each other. So you have at least one spiritual gift, but you do not have all the gifts. But you need others around you that have those gifts that you don't have. So God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve you. Is that what it said? No. To serve each other. So God has given you freedom, but use your freedom well to serve others. Now he's saying God has given you spiritual gifts. Use those spiritual gifts well to serve others, one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Now, obviously that's my spiritual gift. And, and that's why I take what I do very serious because of that verse right there. And, um, and you know how I make sure that I don't violate this verse? Well, one, I pray as I prepare the messages. But two, I use a lot of scripture while I'm speaking. Because when I share scripture, those are the words of God. And it's more important that you hear the words of God than you hear my words. And my words should simply be explanation, application 
of God's words. So whenever you are at a church and the preacher never uses God's word or he quotes one verse at the beginning and then never says another word about it, that's probably not the place for you. You want it to go where God's word is honored and lifted up. He said, so do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. That's why my opinion doesn't matter. It's God's opinion that matters. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. So tap in to God's warehouse of energy and strength to use your spiritual gift to bless others. And here's, here's the key phrase. Then everything you do will bring glory to God. That's what this is all about. Through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So let's see. We've learned to bring glory to God by making it about him and not us. We die to ourselves. Um, we lift up Jesus, not ourselves so that he'll draw people to him. We fulfill God's purpose for our life. We use our spiritual gifts for the benefit of others. See, there's four practical ways of how you bring glory to God, right there. Use your spiritual gifts. I, I mean, this ought to motivate you to know what your spiritual gift is and uh, to utilize it every chance you get because that brings glory to God. So each gift is to be used to serve others. Absolutely. Now, let me jump to Revelation 4 real quick. Because there's an important statement in here that goes along with what we're saying. It says, each of these living beings had six wings. This is talking about these creatures, these angels, he calls them beings, <clears throat> that are hovering around the throne of God. <clears throat> they have six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day, night after night. So 24 seven, they've been doing this for millenniums and they're doing it right now. When you die and go to heaven, you will see these creatures doing this and they will keep doing this for all eternity. And you will actually see it. You will see these creatures. And here's what they do. Day after day, night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. The one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. That's what they say, 24-7, because it's all about giving glory to God. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory 
and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. You know why you're really here? Because it pleased God. You want to, you want to know why you were really born? It's not because you were planned by your parents or maybe you were an accident. You're here because it pleased God. So here's what I want you to see about this picture. Every time you read in the Bible, it says, do this, do this, so you'll receive your rewards in heaven. And every time you read about having a crown in heaven and jewels in that crown, instead of thinking about, hey, I'm going to have my own trophy room in heaven, and I got to make sure I have a lot of trophies, I got to make sure I have a lot of stuff in heaven, don't think that way. Think of it this way. I want to do a lot of things that give me a lot of rewards and more jewels in my crowns so that I can throw them at the feet of Jesus and praise his name. See, in heaven, it's not about what you get. It's about what you give. And you give all your honors and all your glory and all the pat on the backs and all the recognition. You throw it at the feet of Jesus and just say, it's all about you. It's all about your glory. When we get to heaven, we get to give God all our rewards. So the key is giving God glory. If that's the key, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about it? Well, decide you're going to die yourself and say, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. I'm going to lift Jesus up and let him draw people to himself. I'm going to find out what my purpose is from God and I'm, I'm going to spend every ounce of energy and time fulfilling that purpose. I'm going to use my spiritual gifts to minister to other people, to bless them. So that one day, when I am in his presence, and I see those creatures flying around his throne, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to do exactly what those 24 elders are doing. I'm going to bow before Jesus and the Holy Father, and I'm going to throw every award his way, even my own life, for it's for his glory. Give God the glory. Let's pray.